This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because Because he he will will save his his people from from their their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he He gave gave him him the the name name Jesus. Jesus. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because Because he he belonged to the the house house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over over their their flocks flocks at at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, Suddenly, a a great great company company of of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those whom his favor rest. When the angels had left him and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So So they they hurried off and found found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in in a manger. When they had seen him... They spread the word concerning what had been told about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which which were were just just as they they had been been told. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own but his own did not receive him. Yet, to all who did receive him, to To those those who who believed in his name, he gave the right right to to become become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. 
Oh, that story. Oh, my goodness. That it takes story. my breath away. It's just not enough to say, isn't it beautiful? Isn't it amazing? I want orchestra and trumpets. It deserves that. Yes, like that. <sighs> Glory to God. Glory to God. Honey, what strikes you this year as you hear the Christmas story again? I am overwhelmed this year by the wonder of it. Just hearing the story again brings tears to my eyes. And I love the, um, oh, the intimacy of it, the detail of it. Mary wrapped him snugly. And I love the armies of heaven, the angels, you know, coming and announcing and the joy, the wonder, the exquisite magnificence. He came. Ah, oh, it evokes praise. Yes, it does. This year, I'm struck by the wild way that God works. <laughs> That's so good. I, I like, wait, what? Like, Okay, so Mary's got this really wild story. I'm pregnant by God. And Joseph goes with it because an angel visits him in the night and tells him it's true. Yeah, which it took for him to believe it, right? Yeah, and then it's not a global event. It's this hidden thing. Yes. In a conquered country, in a poor village. Yes, yes. You know, with a husband and wife who aren't even at home. Right. They yeah. don't even get to be at home for this, right? They're right. out of town and and shepherds. And I guess what I'm saying is what's exposed in me is I continue to believe that when God's going to act in my life, he's going to do it in very direct and straightforward ways. Oh, that's really good. Right? The shortest distance between two points. Yes. It's a straight line. You know, yeah. God's going to act in a very linear, straightforward. But what you see here is something far more beautiful but wild. Yes. And I love that you said the word hidden because of the truth that, that God, our Father, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, they work in such hidden places. Yes. It's not generally visible. It's not with shouts. We don't get the angels very often. Yes. Um, and yeah. the beauty of that. Yeah, the beauty of that. And so here we are, friends, at Christmas 2020 here in Christmas week. And just wondering how you all are doing this year, yeah. this unique Christmas yes. in this very, very strange year. Yes, it's so different. And I am I am struck by just my previous phrase of God working in the hidden places. And this has been a year where we have been hidden. Yeah. Right? A lot of hit, a lot of at homeness. A lot of it. Yeah. Right. And I think what Stace and I are struck with, dear listeners, this year is it's probably going to be a different kind of Christmas for most of us. Mm -hmm. I mean, Stacy and I, to confess, we're already having to adjust 
our personal expectations. Right. And, you know, everyone, everyone's got a way of doing Christmas. Yeah. And, and, you know, for some of you, it's like rich traditions and church services or it's liturgy and all of that. Yeah, certainly for most, it involves some kind of gathering. Yeah, right. And, um, and then those who have, you know, grandma's turkey and yes. cranberry sauce. And this year, it's probably going to be different yeah. for most of us. Mm-hmm. And I'm just thinking there's a lot of our listeners who aren't able to gather. Exactly. You know, and to be, they can't travel or or their, you know, family doesn't feel comfortable traveling. Right. Or, you know, the church services are different. Right. And funky because of that. Yeah. You know, we've been in some recent gatherings where like you have to wear a mask it's just so odd. Right. There's just a lot of loss this year. Yeah. But then but then it's heightened at such an important celebration. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does seem to put it in contrast, mm-hmm. doesn't it? It does. Like what, you know, it's been a year of losing a lot of our normal life yeah. and a lot of the normal things that bring us joys. Mm-hmm. And then to have that set against Christmas where people have a lot of expectations and a lot of normals. There's right. patterns, rituals, Yeah, which traditions. kind of grounds you. Yeah, it does. It does. And, and yet we just want to recognize together with our listening audience that it's going to be a little different this year. Probably mm-hmm. already is. Yeah. We just received a text this week of a friend whose father passed away. And it just reminded me of what a rough year it's been. Yes. For all of us as we come into Christmas. And we need Christmas right now. Yes, we do. I think it's coming at a really good time. <laughs> yeah, there's something about twinkle lights. Like, please. Yeah, yeah. We we are big into the twinkle lights yeah. this year and the decorations. Stacy and I have been talking about Christmas this year, praying into it, praying about it, and asking God about this conversation that we were going to have today with you all and felt like of all of the rich, rich things we could draw from Christmas this year, one of the things that God wants to highlight for all of us is that God keeps his promises. Yes. Yes. That is that is what we are standing on and it means, you know, looking back at what he has promised so that we can look ahead to what he has promised. Because I'll confess, John, that even this morning I had some tears over over the loss, over the losses, the many losses over this Christmas season. Yeah. And and I felt that invitation. I, I needed to grieve. But in that, I didn't go to the depths of despair because I was caught by the goodness and the character and the promises of God. Okay. So... We want to linger with this, friends, with you a little bit right now. God keeps his promises. God kept his promise. Like, look at Christmas. Yes. As you read the story again this week, as you maybe you read it out loud to one another, as you get to hear the carols and the story retold, it's just extraordinary. Let's go back more than 700 years Mm. before the birth of Christ to the beauty of Isaiah and the power of the promises, like almost the 
legendary mythic power of the promises, the poetic power that was coming through the prophets over the centuries to the people of God and read from Isaiah 9. Okay, good. Excellent. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, or shalom, wholeness, wellness, well-being, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Hallelujah. <laughs> right? Yes. This, this, this was the promise that in a hundred places and in a hundred different variations, God was making to us. God was making to his people in ages past. And this is what they were waiting for. This, mm. this was the expectation passed down from father to son, mother to daughter, through generations. And this is what they stake their lives on. This is what they put all of their hopes in. I, I'm even thinking of John the Baptist's beautiful question to Jesus when he gets arrested and John's now in prison and he sends his disciples to say, to ask Jesus, are you the one? Mm. Mm. Are you the one. Like, come on, we've been waiting so yes, yes. long. You can hear the longing in his voice. Yeah. And and God promised. And now we who sit on the other side of the Christmas story can look back and go, promise fulfilled. Everything he promised that that the rescue would come. I will rescue you. I will rescue humanity. That he would atone for our sins that he would deliver us from our enemies, that he would bring restoration to our lives. And what he promised in all these beautiful passages is the recovery of Eden, the recovery of everything that was lost, beginning with our intimacy with him. I just have a huge smile on my face. <laughs> it, you know, that that phrase of it's almost too good to be true. It is. It is. And it is true. And so, you know, just let what you just said, everyone that's listening, just let your heart explode with that. Mm -hmm. Rest in that. This is what Jesus has done. 
past tense. This is accomplished. Accomplished. For us. It is finished. And, and so we who get to live in the very late stages of Act 3 are able to look back in the story and see the waiting, the aching, the longing for hundreds of years, mm -hmm. the promises that God continued to repeat and reiterate yes. and, and bring it back again and again and again to his people through Isaiah, Jeremiah, through the psalmist. I mean, all the way back to Moses, uh -huh. right? And then we get to see it. We get to look in the manger and hear the story of the angels coming to the shepherds. We get to see God keeps his promises. Mm. God keeps his promises. And why this is so important this year of all years is that life outside of a pandemic erodes your confidence yeah, in it's God. Rough. It's rough, yeah. It does. Losses, heartaches, disappointments, chronic pain, mm -hmm. chronic loneliness. I mean, just life is rough prior to 2020, right? And it, life has a way of eroding our hearts, settled confidence that God is good mm -hmm. and that he's going to keep his promises to us mm -hmm. personally. Yes. Right? And then you add... 2020 into that, a year of deprivation and disappointment and loss. And uncertainty. Massive uncertainty, continued uncertainty mm -hmm. now. Yes, yes. Know? And we were talking in the weeks prior to this podcast about how in some ways we were, we were all set up for a pretty big loss of heart. Mm. Because the culture that we have been living in, the Kool-Aid we've been drinking, those of us in, in developed countries, wherever we are in the world, you know, you've got hot running water whenever you want. Mm -hmm. it, you can get in your car and go anywhere you want. You could mm -hmm. book a flight and go anywhere yeah. in the world you yeah, want or to you, go. You could, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and there, was a, there was a convenience to our life that atrophied our waiting muscle. That is a really good way to put it. Right. You know, it, it, it's true because, you know, I'm looking at, back at these stories. These, these people are our predecessors in the faith. And um, I'm, I know that they had times when they wavered because there's humanity played in. But they were waiting right. with, with hope, with conviction. I mean, you think of Abraham and how long he waited, you know, and, and it was with faith. It didn't, he says, it says his faith didn't waver yes. in the promises of God. Oh, yes. oh, to be like that. Yes. And oh, to be like that in a world that serves platters of other things that says you don't have to wait. At waiting. I wasn't taught to wait. Yeah. I, I haven't been educated in waiting most of my life. You know, I got a, I got to go to school. I, I got, you know, three square meals a day. Mm -hmm. I, I, those of us who have lived in that kind of environment yes. do not have a strongly developed soul capacity to wait. Yeah. And that is the gift of Christmas to us, to look back at the promises that were made, the hundreds of years of waiting, and then we get to see the power of the fulfillment of it. I mean, Jesus... <laughs> And all that Jesus did for us, yes. all that he's won. Yes, all he accomplished through his great invasion 
Yes. We get to see how beautifully God keeps his promises. And I think this is the place God wants us to soak in mm. this Christmas. Yes, to marinate ourselves in the truth of his promises fulfilled. Especially because of this year. Yeah. We're, we're all a little beat up. Yeah, or a lot beat up, or right? a lot. Yeah. And so as I was reading through the Christmas story again, even just this week, I was struck by Mary's reaction and Zachariah's reaction. Listen to the power of people who have been waiting, and then they get to see in their moment the promise fulfilled. Okay, so this is an extraordinary moment because you you have a young Jewish girl teenager who, like all her predecessors, has been waiting for the coming Messiah. Yes. And in the Gospel of Luke in chapter 1, the angel Gabriel comes to her and tells her, you get to see it happen. Your generation is the generation. All those years of waiting and promises are going to be fulfilled right now. And not only that, you get to bear Christ into the world. Okay. So she's just, wow, blown away. And and then the angel says, no, by the way, Elizabeth, your relative who is of older age, guess what? She's pregnant now too. And Mary rushes to visit her and sees that she is. And I think there's something in like, wow, Elizabeth is pregnant. Yes. Who couldn't have a child. Mm-hmm the confidence that God is keeping his promises. Yes. And then Mary just erupts in this joy. This is the Magnificat. Oh, how my soul praises the Lord, how my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he took notice of his lowly servant girl, and from now on all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one is holy, and he has done great things for me. He shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. His mighty arm has done tremendous things. He has scattered the proud and haughty ones. He has brought down princes from their thrones and exalted the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away with empty hands. He has helped his servant Israel and remembered to be merciful. For he has made this promise to our ancestors, to Abraham and his children forever. Friends, do you hear how deep the idea of promise saturated Mary's reality? And now she's bursting with joy yes, and praise at the reality yes. of the promise fulfilled. Like, God, you have been telling this to us for centuries, mm. and now you are doing it. Oh, my goodness. I love that. That that helps me go, okay, right. This is what it's like to wait. Yeah. And in expectation. Yes. And this is what it's like to receive promise fulfilled. So then John the Baptist is born. And I love Zachariah's praise and reaction to the birth of his son. And you hear the same thing in it. You hear the the ache and the joy it promises fulfilled. 
So Zechariah says, praise the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has visited and redeemed his people. He has sent us a mighty savior from the royal line of his servant David, just as he promised through his holy prophets long ago. Now we will be saved from our enemies and from all who hate us. He has been merciful to our ancestors by remembering his sacred covenant, the covenant he swore with an oath to our ancestor Abraham. We have been rescued from our enemies so that we can serve God without fear in holiness and righteousness for as long as we live. Oh, my goodness. And you can just, you know, I, I should have done it in an elderly voice. I mean, here you have this dear man who's been serving God faithfully yes. for all his life, mm -hmm. reciting the promises to the people and, and to his own household and to get to see it fulfilled, to see it fulfilled. And I think what's meant to saturate into our hearts and our minds and our hopes and our disappointments this year, I, th I think what's meant to saturate into our being is we are also people living on a promise. Mm -hmm. We are people living in expectation that God is going to move mightily again. Yes. And when you live through heartache, loss, uncertainty, anger, rage, war, social strife, what begins to get in is we're just stuck in this place. And what Christmas is the bold proclamation of, the bold demonstration of, is that God is not going to leave us in this place. Right, right. He is still the same. He is the God who intervenes. He is the God who rescues and who fulfills his promises. He has not changed. I, I love that. Mm. He has not changed. This is the God who makes wild promises. <laughs> <laughs> Scandalous, outrageous yes, promises. Yes, yes all through the beauty of the Old Testament and the Psalms and the prophets and fulfills them, look at Jesus. Jesus is, ta-da! Yeah, yeah. That's what Jesus is. Yes. Ta-da! <laughs> I told you. Yes. I said I would come. Right, right, right. And so that's what we stand on because they also point to his second coming, yes. to his victorious coming. Yes. You yes. know, it's like this happened just yes. like I said. Yes. So will this. Yeah. We are all Zachariah and mm. Elizabeth. Mm -hmm. We are all in some way Joseph and Mary. We are people living in troubled times, waiting for the fulfillment of a promise from God that we have staked everything on. And friends, here's the gift of Christmas this year. The first advent is the solid ground we stand on in order to reach up and take hold of the second advent. Because as wonderful and as powerful as the first advent is, even Paul says, if that's it, 
we're of all people to be most pitied. Mm. Like Christmas is wonderful, but guess what? Like the true fulfillment of all the promises, the culmination of it all, right, is the return of Christ. Yeah, the return of our glorious king. So we we have Isaiah 9, wonderful counselor, mighty God, the prince of shalom, Mm. bringing the kingdom of shalom, the kingdom of wholeness and restoration and completion and wellness to all things from our inner brokenness to the brokenness of the world and of nature. So you have that in Isaiah 9. And then at the end of Isaiah in chapter 65, God promises the second advent. Oh, this is so good. This is uh, beginning in verse 17. See, I will create new heavens and a new earth. The former things will not be remembered, nor will they come to mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in what I will create. For I will create Jerusalem to be a delight and its people a joy. I will rejoice over Jerusalem and take delight in my people. The sound of weeping and of crying will be heard in it no more. They will build houses and dwell in them. They will plant vineyards and eat their fruit. No longer will they build houses and others live in them, or plant and others eat. For as the days of a tree, so will be the days of my people. My chosen ones will long enjoy the work of their hands. Before they call, I will answer. While they are still speaking, I will hear. The wolf and the lamb will feed together, and the lion will eat straw like the ox, and dust will be the serpent's food. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain, says the Lord. This is the promise that all of us, in some way, shape, or form, have staked our lives on. This is the promise that we now are waiting on, hoping that our generation might be the one very possibly could be the one that gets to see the restoration of heaven and earth, Mm. the overthrow of evil, Mm. all a heartache and loss swept away. Mm. All injustices remedied by his justice, his righteousness, his goodness. Yes, and holiness to fill the earth. Oh, yes, God. A new creation that we get to play in. And then as this talks about build in and develop and carry on. Yes. Right? We get to carry on all that we were meant to be and do. First Advent is almost like the shoulders that we get to stand on to reach up high, high, high and grasp the promise of the second advent, which is the restoration of heaven and earth. So friends, that's what we sense God has for us this year in this pandemic Christmas and the Christmas of 2020 is the reminder God keeps his promises. He really does. And what we'd like to do in closing is first off say how much we love you all 
how grateful we are for you. We love being your friends Mm -hmm. in this hour on the earth. We love being your companions in the gospel project, the gospel mission. And we would love to pray for you now and pray a blessing over your Christmas. Yes, yeah. Oh, oh, faithful God, I bless your people with the same faith that Jesus had to rise up in them, that they would take hold courageously with a confidence of the sure hope of your coming return. Jesus, that each one of us would stand on the shoulders of the first advent and look with eager anticipation of your return for the culmination of all things. Father, I pray for our listening friends that you would bless their Christmas. Whatever form, whatever shape it has to take this year, I pray that you would meet them. Yes, God. Meet them in their joys and meet them in goodness, and meet them in their disappointments, and meet them in the changes that this year means for them. I pray that you would catch their hearts. I pray that you would speak deeply into them the joy of the first advent and the absolute thrill of the second advent. I pray that you would strengthen all of our hearts and that you would catch our gaze. Catch our gaze, God. Get our eyes back fixed on your eyes, for you are with us. You are with us. The victory of Christ has been accomplished, and you are coming soon. Fill our hearts with fresh revelation this Christmas. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Merry Christmas, friends. Yes, Merry Christmas.